Lead me to Calvary, 490. Join me, if you will, by standing. Brother Dockery, bring in the ushers forward to receive your visitor's cards and your offerings. 490, let's sing, Lead me to Calvary. King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget my thorn crown now, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony. Lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Show me the tomb where thou wast laid, tenderly born and wed. Angels and hosts of light hooray, guarded thee while thy sweat. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. Let me like Mary through the gloom come with a gift to thee. Show to me now the empty tomb, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, lest I forget thine agony, lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. May I be willing, Lord, to bear daily my cross for Thee. Heave on my cup of grief to share, Thou hast won all for me. Lest I forget Gethsemane, Lest I forget Thine agony, Lest I forget thy love for me, lead me to Calvary. I haven't said a word yet. <laughs> we thought that might get your attention if we could have a little boom in there. Amen. We're so glad to welcome you to Grace Baptist Church today. It's a real delight and joy to have you here. It's also a special occasion in which we recognize a very special group of ladies called mothers. And what would we do without our mothers? We thank the Lord for uh, people today who still have enough sense to know that when you talk about mamas, you're talking about women. And we're talking about papas, you're talking about men. But we're talking about the women today, and we thank the Lord for your presence here. It's a real joy indeed to have as our guest speaker this morning an individual who was with us not too long ago and ran off half the congregation of the people. <laughs> and I thought, that. Yeah. <laughs> I, thought, I thought we'd have him for the last half of the congregation today. 
Brother Fred Evans pastors the Redeemer's Grace Baptist Church. He's way up yonder north of us in Louisville, Kentucky. But it is a real joy to have him here and also members of his dear family uh, who are with us in the service this morning. Let's pray for them and pray that God might prepare our hearts for the ministry of the Word. I do believe one of the greatest wastes of time today is when people come to hear the Word of God and they never hear it. And they never hear it. And uh, this, our dear brother, has been called by God to preach. I believe he has a message for our congregation yes, today. And I want you to listen carefully to what he has to say. And you pray for him as he stands today as God's representative to preach God's blessed word. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and then we will have our offering. Father in heaven, we're so thankful today for the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who willingly lay his life down on a cross that we might be saved from our sins. And we're so thankful that it is an eternal salvation. It is also a salvation by grace. And nothing we could ever do to add to it or take away from it but just to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. And we do trust him today. Father, we pray if there are those here who are not saved, that they might realize their unsaved condition and call out to the Lord for mercy. And if it please thee to save somebody lost in the service today. Prepare our hearts now for the ministry of the Word of God. We do pray so much for our guest speaker as he preaches today. Lord, may he realize, and we believe he does, the seriousness of this occasion. Never have we seen such a time as we're living in in this hour. It's a call for God's people to have faith in the Lord that all things still work together for good to those that love the Lord, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Prepare our hearts for the ministry of thy word and help us to give accordingly. For we ask these things in Christ's name and for his blessed sake we pray. Amen. And would you be seated? Why should I feel this courage? 
Why should the shadows come? Why should my heart be lonely and long for heaven and home when Jesus is my portion? My constant friend is he, his eyes on the sparrow, and I know he watches me, his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me, I sing because I'm happy, I sing because I'm free, for his eye is on the sparrow, and I know he watches me. Whenever I am tempted, whenever clouds arise, when songs his peace when hope within me dies, I draw the closer to him. From care he sets me free. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he cares for me. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he cares for me. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. Good to see you this morning. I do pray this morning that you, by God's grace, have not come to hear me. If you have, I feel sorry for you. I pray that you would hear Christ. My whole purpose is to set Christ before you, show you Christ. Lift up Christ, honor Christ, magnify His work, His person, and by the same token, we are abased. Christ is honored. Naturally, the thing that occurs is men are abased. That's what happens. I long to honor Christ by preaching the gospel to you. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, the text will be found in verse 
3 and 4, but I'll begin at verse 1. I've entitled this message, The God That Carries Us. The God That Carries Us. The Scripture says, Baal boweth down, Nebo stoopeth. Their idols were upon the beast and upon the cattle. Your carriages were heavy laden. They were a burden to the weary beast. They stoop. They bow down together. They could not deliver the burden. But themselves are gone into captivity. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born, carried by me from the belly, which were carried from the womb. And even to your old age, I am he. And even to whore hairs will I carry you. I have made and I will bear even I will carry and will deliver you. I want you to make clear who this text is for. It is for God's people. It is for Israel. The house of Jacob, he says, hearken unto me. Who? Jacob, the remnant of the house of Israel. He is speaking to all of us who are born again of the Spirit of God, who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, this text is for you. This text is to comfort you. It is to give you peace. I desire that every believer in this place go away, not with a burden, but to know this. Your God carries you. You do not carry your God. God here makes a distinction in this chapter between all false gods and Himself. The difference is, a false god must be carried. They take a god and they make him of their own mind. They carve a piece of wood. They carve a piece of gold. And we don't have to do this in physical terms, but men do this in their mind. They make a god in their own mind. And they take Him and they put Him there. And He can't move unless they move Him. He can't save them unless they allow Him to. It's an idol. It's an idol. A false God. God distinguishes Himself in this. I am the God that saves. This is the difference between all true God, all the, the true God and all false gods. How do we know we are worshiping the true God? Let me ask you this. Who saves who? Is salvation of God or of man? Is salvation by the power of God or the power of man? Is salvation by the will of God or the will of man? Which is it? Is salvation a cooperative effort or is it all of God? This text plainly tells us, I made you, I carry you. It's all of God. It's all of God. Any God that needs man in any part of salvation is an idol. 
any God that needs you to do anything for Him is not God. You need God to do for you what you can't. God doesn't need you. God doesn't need you. You need Him. You need Him. Salvation is not a burden that man can bear. It's too heavy. It's too heavy. Not in any part. Righteous, righteousness is God's standard. Holy perfection is what God requires. And yet none of us can do that. None of us can have any part in holy perfection. Everything we touch is like the leper, contaminated, unholy, unclean. And so then man by his obedience can have no part in this matter of salvation. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things written in the book of the law to do them. Therefore, because we are unrighteous, by the deeds of the law shall no flesh be justified in the sight of God. Paul said that's just evident. Isn't that just clear? The price of sin is eternal death that we cannot pay. So here he puts forth these two gods, Baal and Nebo. They were bowed down and they were carried. These gods were massive. They were huge. These were Babylonian gods. They were massively huge so much that they needed to be carried by oxen and beasts. And he said they were so heavy that they even the beasts bowed down. They could not bear the weight of them. Even so it is with anyone who trusts in a God that needs them for salvation. Now listen, in any part, in any part, if anything were left up to us to save us, it is too heavy for you to bear. If God left one thing for you to do, could you do it perfectly? No. No. The God of free will works religion is a God that says He's done all He can do. And the rest is up to you. That's not a God, that's an idol. That's an idol. If salvation is dependent upon your will and God's saying, well, I please, would, would you pretty please help me out? That's no God. That's no God at all. That's an imaginary God, a God that man must carry. A God that's powerless to save. And I want you to look this morning and see how God contrasts Himself. Now first of all, I want you to see this. That the true and living God is a God of sovereign election. Every time you hear God say to Israel and Jacob, what is He saying? He is calling His elect. Hearken unto me, O house of Jacob, and all the remnant of the house of Israel. God says, I am sovereign. When He says that, you, you immediately understand this. God's talking about His sovereignty. The true and living God is surely the God of creation. This is no doubt true. God made all things by the word of His power. 
So then, all things... Now, I'm going to get real deep here. What I mean by all things is this. All things. He just put it under there. Everything. All things are under the sovereign will and decree of God. And nothing is outside of that. Listen to what God says. Uh, look at, look at uh, verse uh, 9. He says... Uh, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is there's none else. I'm God and there's none like me, declaring the end, when? From the beginning. From ancient times, the things that were not yet done, saying this, My counsel will stand and I will do what? All my pleasure. So what's happening right now? Are you discouraged? Why? God says all things are happening according to my counsel, moving according to my sovereign will. Men, beasts, angels, devils, demons, you, me, providence, everything. From the beginning, I have decreed all things to the end. Well, it's God. It's just God. Now, all men should worship a God like that. That's God. That is a God worthy of worship. And yet we know the depravity of man is on full display because they will not worship a God like that. They have no interest in a sovereign God. They want a God they can move. They want a God they can manipulate. They want a God they can please. Well, you've got to make one of those up because that ain't Him. You've got to make Him up. That God here displays His sovereign power and grace. In this, that He hath before the world began chosen a people that He would love and save by His Son. That's a sovereign God. I don't like that. I don't care. God doesn't either. Who are you to reply against God? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What Paul, that's Ephesians chapter 1. Uh, look at that with me again. It's a blessed passage of Scripture. Thought I'd have it marked, right? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ, according as He had chosen us in Him before the foundation of the world. Now here's His purpose. That we should be holy and without blame before Him. Here's His motivation. In love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. Here's how. By Jesus Christ. By Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace, wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved. Oh, have you ever thought about when you were accepted? When was that? When He chose you and put you in Christ, He made you accepted in Christ. Then Christ came and did it. Then you received it, but you were accepted in Christ. When God put you in Christ. 
This is the sovereign will of God. And the people here pictured in our text are Israel, the nation of Israel. And every time the nation of Israel is invoked in Scripture, you can put yourself there. God intends for you to understand Israel was a type. Israel was a picture of the elect of God. So when He says, Hearken unto me, O Jacob and house of Israel, who is He talking to? He's talking to us, who are the elect of God, those who now believe on Christ. You are His. And so God in grace, when He speaks to Israel, is speaking to us. Behold the grace of our God, who hath then chosen His people, a remnant of Adam's race, that He would set His love and purpose to save us. He would purpose to save us. The true God of Israel, listen, He will save His people from their sin. Without doubt. Why? He's God and there's none else. I do all things after the counsel of my own will. And what is His will? To save His elect. That's His will. And any God who has left salvation to chance or to the work of man is no God at all, but rather a burden to the souls of men too heavy to be borne. If you will try to hold any part of salvation to yourself, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. But the God of Israel has left nothing to chance. He's left nothing to the work of will of man. It is God who chose us to be His spiritual Israel. And He has declared to His elect, I have borne thee. Look at that in the text. Go back in the text and look at it with me. He said, hearken to me who? The elect. Your elect. Listen, all the remnant of the house of Israel, which are born by me. They are born by Him. He bears the weight of them. You see, it is God who loved His people and also purposed to save them. When? From the beginning. He says, I have borne thee. I have borne thee from the belly and carried thee from the womb. How long has God borne you? When did God begin to start carrying the weight of your salvation? Eternity, friends. And see that only that God chose, all that God chose to salvation, He ordained, He also ordained the means. Didn't I just say it? By Jesus Christ. That's how God intended to save His elect. By one. Jesus Christ is the only one who bore His elect from eternity. When it says by Jesus Christ, this is the means. And God has also chosen the means by which we should call, be called and receive it. Paul said, Brethren, we are bound to give thanks to God always to you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. Listen, through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth, you see, all of it's taken care of. 
God left nothing of your salvation to chance. Not even you hearing of the gospel and believing it. You think you stumbled into a church one day accidentally, unbeknownst to God, and somebody accidentally preached the gospel to you, and you accidentally heard it, you accidentally believed in it. No. It was purposed. Why? Because God bore you from eternity. Christ bore you. And so you that are sanctified the Spirit and believe the truth through the gospel, let us then rejoice today. For our God is not one born of us, not carried by us, not moved by us, but we are carried by our God. I want you to get it. The full weight and responsibility of your salvation is on Christ. I have borne you. The full weight of your responsibility from eternity was resting upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ. Look at Isaiah chapter 9. Look at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. Exactly what this text tells us. For unto us a child is born. This speaks of the humanity of Christ. Unto us a son is given. This speaks of the deity of Christ. Listen. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. What does that mean? Well, when a king bears the weight and responsibility of his government, of his kingdom, the whole weight of his protection, the whole weight of its deliverance and salvation would rest upon the king. This is exactly what he's saying. The whole weight of salvation is to rest upon the shoulders of Jesus Christ alone. And his name is called what? Wonderful. Now, how do you, why do you call somebody wonderful if they failed? You wouldn't call a failure wonderful. You call one that is successful wonderful. See, wonderful. Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. I like that. That word Father has the idea of invention. It doesn't, he's not the Father. We know that Christ is not the Father. The Father is the Father. And the Son is the Son. What it means is, He is the author and finisher of our salvation. That's what He is. The Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and peace, there shall be no end. He shall sit upon the, sit upon the throne of David and upon His kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth, even forevermore. Is this going to happen? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Now who's carrying who? Who bears the weight? I want you to see this, that Jesus has borne us in this capacity to be our representative. When Israel had a high priest, it was the high priest of Israel. It wasn't the high priest of the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites. He was the priest of Israel. He represented Israel. This is what Christ pictured Christ. Christ came to represent all that the Father gave Him. He bore the responsibility as the representative to save 
all the Father gave him. And so when he says, according as he had chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world, we should be made holy and without blame before him by Jesus Christ. That is the same as him being chosen to be our high priest. To represent Israel, the spiritual Israel. For God had said, thou art a priest. How long? Forever. After the order of Melchizedek. That Jesus Christ, the eternal priest of God's elect, should make an offering for sin. And so that a high priest of old, he bore upon his breast the names. uh, He represented the children. Remember that breastplate? It had all of the gems that represented all the nation of Israel. He bore them before the Father. What a picture of Christ. What was he doing here? Why did he come down from heaven to become a man? To bear you. To represent you. We had another representative, right? Adam. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. When Adam sinned, listen to this, you sinned. Therefore, you were justly born dead. You were justly born dead. Even so, (laughs) by the righteousness of one, are many, Made righteous. You see, Jesus Christ came as our representative to fulfill and obtain righteousness that you could not obtain. Paul says that in, uh, in, he, in Romans chapter 3, even the righteousness of God. Now, it's not just any old righteousness, is it? It's just not righteousness, what you and I consider righteousness, which is just nothing but sin. The high, what, what, what do you consider righteous? Because, I mean, I haven't... I haven't ever seen that, have you? I believe it by faith, but I tell you, I haven't seen it. You ain't seen it in me, and I ain't seen it in you. But I know this, it is the righteousness of God that he obtained. By his own faith. By the faith of Jesus Christ. You see that? How is your righteousness obtained? By the faith of Christ. Do you realize that you did not add one stitch to this righteousness? Isn't that good? Now some men are getting mad at that. They want to add something to it. I don't. (laughs) I don't have anything to add. I put my hand to it. It's defiled. Guess what? What a burden is lifting up off me. He bore all my righteousness. He's responsible to obtain my righteousness. He represented all Israel and obtained righteousness. But not only this, he also bore our sins. He bore our sins. As a representative man, God made him to be sin for us. I'm telling you what, that's a a bottom I can't reach. I can't fathom and understand fully how that would happen. Christ was absolutely holy and without sin, and yet He was made sin. 
It's a transaction that God alone fully grasps and understands. But He was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. In Him. You see, who's bearing who? He bore us. And I want you to see this. Did He ask for your permission? When He was doing all this, where were you? When He was obtaining your righteousness, where were you? You were in Him. He didn't ask your permission to do it. He didn't wait for you to be willing to do it. He didn't ask you to merit it. He did it all. He said, I bear you. The reproaches of them that reproach thee have fallen upon me. He bore our sins Therefore, of necessity, he must have also bore the wrath of God. He bore the wrath of God. There, God, on Calvary's tree, in righteous, holy vengeance, without mercy, unleashed the fires of hell upon his own darling son. And Christ bore the wrath of God in our stead. I like to think of it like the ark, Noah. Noah was in the ark. The ark bore Noah. The ark carried Noah. The ark was Noah's refuge. And while Noah was in the ark, the ark is the one that bore the wrath of God. What a picture of Christ. Where were you at? I was in Him. When He lived, I lived. When He obeyed God, I obeyed God. When He died for sin, I died in Him. And He also carried me to glory with Him. When Christ rose again from the dead, I was in Christ. That scripture over there tells us that we were made to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus. He bore us upon His shoulders. And therefore He put away our sins. And when Christ had put away our sins, what were His words? Three words. It is finished. You know what that means? It's finished. He sat down. Isn't isn't there a purpose for sitting down? Work's done. He who carried you and saved you by His righteousness and by His blood has finished the work. Christ is my Sabbath. He's my rest. He said it's finished. And friends, it is finished. The true God of Israel who chose us, the true God of Israel hath borne us upon His shoulders. And therefore, the whole work of salvation is accomplished. It's done. 
It was done before you realized it was done. Before you ever knew there was a work of salvation to be done, it was already done. Accomplished by Jesus Christ. Therefore, Jesus who bore us. Scripture says He also made us. Go back over there to that text and look at this. He said, I... which are born by me from the belly, from the womb, you're carried from the womb, even to old age. I am He. I will bear thee to whore hairs. I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. He who bore our sins also made, is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Christ has made all our salvation. You got that? I hope this is clear. Being repetitive on purpose, it's necessary for you to understand this. Christ is all. Christ is all. He's your wisdom. How can God be just and justifier of the ungodly? Jesus Christ, He's my wisdom in that. That's the answer. He's my righteousness. He's all my righteousness. I'm not going to add one bit of righteousness to His. He's my sanctification. People run around saying, you've got to sanctify yourself. Ah, He did. He's my sanctification. I, you know the word holier in Scripture is only used one time? Holier? It's in Isaiah. It says, I am holier than thou. And God says, that smoke in my nose. You ain't going to get holier. How can you get holier? Is there levels of holiness? No. Holy is holy. And who made me holy? He did. Christ is my holiness. Christ is my perfection. Just like He's my wisdom and my righteousness and my redemption, He's my holiness. I'm not going to take that to myself. He's all. What's left then for you to do? What's left for you to carry? Nothing. Jesus said, Come unto me, you that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I remember Donnie Bell, a pastor friend of mine, he used to be Pentecostal. <laughs> he just he moved so fast across the stage when he first began preaching. He just had that in him. But one time he was preaching about rest and he just ran down the thing. He said, you want to know what it is to rest? He laid right on the pew and he said, here it is. Here's what it is to rest. He kicked up his feet. Rest in Christ. That's what faith does, doesn't it? Faith rests in Christ. It rests. He said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What is his yoke and burden? It is simply this. To believe on Him. And you know what? The faith you need, who gives that to you? Where does faith come from? Faith is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the faith that you have is His gift. You don't even have to do that. <laughs> he gives you faith, love for the brethren. Who gives you that? You generate that love? It's a gift just like faith. 
The Holy Spirit provides these things. There is no burden of sin, no yoke of the law that we are, we are to bear. Isn't that what the apostles were complaining about in Acts 15 when they tried to put them back under the law? He said, we ourselves could not obey this. Why are you trying to put it on them? No. There's no burden for you to bear. This is what the salvation of God is. It's free. It's the only thing that's truly free. It's the only thing. Because God has to purpose it. God had to accomplish it. And listen, God has to apply it. And God has to keep it. So what do you do? I'm just a beneficiary. That's it. I just reap the benefits of it. This is the God that carries me. The sovereignty, and the third thing is this, the God of, is not only the sovereign God of election, the sovereign God that carries us and, and saves us and bears our sins in His own body who is victorious. He is also the God of regeneration and providence. The sovereign God that carries us is the God of regeneration and providence. Our election and redemption was before our natural birth. But at our natural birth, we, had no, we were no different than any other creature. Isn't that right? You that believe. You were no different. We were all born in sin. We had no love for God or need for Christ. Many of you are, are in that condition. Some of you are in that condition today. You have no need for Christ, no love for Christ. Well, neither did I. I was in that condition. But He who chose us, He who bore us from eternity, He who bore us in His flesh as our high priest, risen to the throne of glory, promises this. He says, As the Father hath given me power over all flesh, that I should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given Him. Who's going to be saved? I don't know, as many as? As many as the Father gave Him? Who are they? I don't know. I don't have a clue. That's not my business. But I know this, they'll be saved. Why? They were already saved. They're going to receive it. They're going to receive it. He who chose us and redeemed us, consider this, that all the events of, uh, and circumstances of our life were ordained of God to bring us to Himself. Now consider this. There, have you ever heard of prevenient grace? Grace that goes before grace? Why is it that I did not die before I came to faith in Christ? Because the God who carried me was carrying me during that time. All providence was moving to bring me to Himself. He keeps us until He brings us to Christ. And so when we are brought to hear the gospel by the power and grace of God, we are brought forth from the womb, carried. We are born again and we recognize this, that we have been carried. Is it not true of you, believer, As we by faith received Him, surely it was by the power and will of God that we did it. 
Is there any praise given to self? To you who believe, is there any, anything you can praise yourself for? As many as received him, to them gave he the right to become the sons of God, which were born, not of blood. I got children. They ain't going to be saved because they're my children. Not by the will of the flesh. They ain't going to be saved because they decided to. Not by the will of man. I want them to be saved, but my will is not going to be able to save them. How are they born? By the will of God. You are born again. You're, you, you know. That's true. You, everything I'm saying is self-evident, isn't it? This is just self-evident to you. You, you know. Say, yeah, yeah, that's how it happened. Well, of course how it's happened. He carried you. He represented you. He chose you. He died for you. He called you. He called you. I like that story of Hosea. You know that, that uh, God told prophet, go out and marry a hooker. He said, go out and get a hooker. You marry her. And he did, and he loved her. And she ran off, and she, she went after her lovers. What a picture of us. You want to know who the hooker is in that story? We are. Hosea is a picture of Christ. And you remember how he gave her gifts even in her sin. Even in our sin, he gave us gifts. Sustained us. Until the time it was enough. And then he started taking things away. Isn't that what he did with you? (laughs) Sin was not so pleasurable anymore. We realized God was holy and we needed to be holy and we could not be holy and therefore it troubled us. We said, we're going to go back to our first husband. We'll go back to religion. No religion couldn't help us. And then he said this, I will allure her into the wilderness. God's going to save a person. He gets him all by himself. No help. No hope. And he speaks comfortably unto her. And he says, I'm going to give you your inheritance the Valley of Acar for a door of hope. You, remember, you know what the Acar is? Remember, remember the Valley of Acar? Anybody? Remember Awaken, who robbed, robbed God when he took the treasures from uh, Jericho? And God killed him and saved Israel by his death? What a picture of Christ. Christ bore our sins, and because of him we were delivered. When God gets a man alone, he so shows him Christ. And what does he say about Christ? Listen to this. Christ says this. I have borne you. I chose you. I redeemed you. I called you. And get this. He is the God that carries us to old age. Now what he says? He says, I am he that born thee to old age. I am he. What does this mean? I am the immutable, unchangeable, faithful God. The immutability of God is a, is a wonderful comfort to us. When did God begin to love you? 
When did he begin to love you? When will his love ever end? I have loved thee with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have called thee with the everlasting arms. He had called, he had delivered us. He said, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. He had carried us. And listen, my friends, why are you still here? You that believe. How many have come and gone in our lifetime who have made, made a profession and yet they're gone? How many have come in and made, made a big show in the flesh and withered away? They withered away because they were carrying themselves. They were carrying their God. And their God became too heavy and they had to leave. I still believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because He carries me. If He put me down and let me go on my own, there would be no hope for me. But He doesn't change. The God that carried me is the God that is still carrying me. And the God that is carrying me is immutable. He cannot change and He will carry me to glory. I'll close with this. I've got some things, but I'll just close with this. In Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, what a good picture of what God is saying here. Verse 3, he spake a parable to him. He said, What man of you having an hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when the sheep lets him, <laughs> I'm sorry. When he findeth it. Who found who? Who found you? You weren't even looking. And he found you. And when he found you, what did he do? He layeth it on his shoulders. Rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he carried together, called together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Oh, my friends, if you are carrying your God, it's too heavy. You'll faint if you take any part of salvation upon yourself. You'll faint. But our God is a God that carries us.
We don't carry our God. How foolish is it to think you can manipulate God? How foolish is it to think you can please God? What do you got to offer? Why? Why would you try? Christ pleased God. His law is this. Believe. That's His commandment. This is why His commandments are not grievous to us. Because His commandments is not the law. His commandments is this. Believe. And love. Are these commandments grievous? Not the one who's being carried. Because the loving and the believing is still something He provides. One day, He will carry us into His presence. This robe of flesh shall drop and rise to seize the everlasting prize. And shout while passing through the air, Farewell, farewell, sweet hour of prayer. Face to face with him who carried me. Him who sustained me. Oh, that God would lift the burdens of your heart. Don't worry about what's going on. It's all according to his will. Why are you worried? Is he not doing everything to save his people? What's happening now is all part of his decree and his plan. Why fret? No need to. Rest. Trust in Christ. He carries you. I pray God bless this to you.